Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Universe podcast. I'm your host Leo, here with my co-host Charlotte and Hi. our guest Elif. Hello everybody. Hi. Hi. Elif, this is your first time here on the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh uh, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. It's very flattering. <laughs> um, my name is Elif Degusan. I was... Um, born in Istanbul, Turkey, and when I was two years old, I moved to Austria with my mom, and um, I grew up here, I went here to school, and right now I'm studying English at the University of Vienna. Cool. Yeah. And now you're here on the podcast. I am, yeah. <laughs> Everything has led to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be, I guess. The reason uh, for moving from Turkey to Austria was this podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I think there's more in store for you. <laughs> So, uh, you're a poetry slammer. I am, yeah. You're our, our first poetry slammer here on the program, and we're all very curious, that, so there will be quite a few questions about that. Yes. But first, maybe uh, a few general questions about writing that we always ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if there was a particular moment when you realized that you were a writer in your life mm, not really I, I think it was after I wrote the first two texts for my first poetry slam I think that was the moment because I was like whoa uh, Edith I think you actually have a talent for, <laughs> for this you know because I didn't even expect them to be this good but I really wanted them to be that good because um the reason why I started Poetry Slam was I fell in love and then for the first time I was a girl and my, my one of my texts was kind of like my outing text and it was something very important to me and when something like that is so important to you, you really want to do justice. And that's why I put so much love and time in that in, into that and that was kind of the moment when I realized, okay, maybe there's something inside of me that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So did you did you write those texts on the day of the poetry slam or just before the, or during? Um, no, I, I I think I worked on those texts on my first two texts for like two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. But I knew, like, I knew I, I took part in a writing workshop in April at Jumervine, and I knew the next poetry slam. Uh, uh, would take place in June and so mm-hmm. I was like um, until June if you have time then <laughs> you're going to perform that and, and yeah that's very cool mm-hmm. how was your tell us a bit about how that was like your your first poetry slam experience it was it was so cool lots of my friends were there to support me because I told them that I wanted to do that for a long time and yeah, a lot of them came and one of my friends even brought signs with her, which was so <laughs> sweet uh, and said, um, if you rock and I wrote a text about the smell of love, how love smells. And, and, and she wrote it if you're at the marmelada, because for one of the people in the story, it smelled like at the marmelada mm-hmm. and she heard the text before. That was really sweet because she didn't tell me that she would bring signs with her. Uh And then in the middle of the performance, she held them up and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Had you ever been to a poetry slam before? Like 
not as a performer, but in the audience? Did you know what they that what they were? Yeah, maybe you should. Uh, we could um, explain what exactly poetry slam is for yes. people who've never been. I've never been either, so I'd like to know. Okay. How, like, uh, what happens? What's the concept? Do you want to, or shall I? I guess. I mean, you're more of an expert because I mean, I've been to a lot of them in the audience, but from a participant's point of view, I guess it's also interesting. Okay, like hear. it's 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 basically kind of just a competition between writers slash poets and uh, you go there you um, perform a text and then after your performance the audience gives you points mm -hmm. and the people with the most points like three people usually uh, get to the next round the second round and then um, they perform another text that everything of the, uh, everything happens on the same evening mm. uh, and um, they perform the second text and then the audience usually decides through applause and uh, noise who mm -hmm. the winner of that evening is okay. and then usually the um, uh, poets get alcohol or I don't know books uh, usually books yeah yeah that's it Actually, Sounds that's cool. what a poetry slam is. Yeah. Sounds very exciting. It is. It is fun. Actually, I think it's really fun for the people who participate in it, but also for the audience. Mm. Because it's like really something active, like they interact too, and yeah. How many people are all there usually at, a, at such an event? Uh, the audience or? Yeah. I mean, also how many, how many poets do, do compete? Uh, it depends on, on the... Usually yeah. eight, I think. Yeah. Usually eight, I think. I mean, I've been to, I guess, 10, maybe 15 different poetry slams, and usually there were between six and eight participants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I've, I think I've been also to some poetry slams where there were 12. Mm -hmm. Wow. But then it gets really long. Tiring, yeah, and long mm -hmm. for everyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm wondering, do you only write texts so that they are being performed at the slam or do you sometimes also just write something and don't know if you will perform it because I'm I'm really interested because I I mean I'm really not a performer mm. I really don't like being the center of attention and performing in in a sense but um yeah I, I mean obviously I like writing so I was wondering do you write always with the intention of performing a text or do you just sometimes write it and then don't perform it mm -hmm. good question <laughs> um sometimes I, I i just write things down because i think it just makes you feel better if you have to kind of process something that is going inside of you mm -hmm. um so i do that but um usually since i just started writing for poetry sounds i usually always think of the performance in my head okay. and write them for the performance but sometimes I also take um, those bits and pieces that I wrote down and put them into the poetry slam text ah okay cool yeah. I like that that's it yeah I, I guess it makes sense because sometimes you just uh, saw something or observed something and wrote it down and you mm -hmm. think oh that's really good I can use this exactly yeah and and I always have these ideas in my head for the next text I just don't get to write them 
down i don't know because i have so many other things to do but then sometimes in the middle of the night when i come up with this great line i i I get up and write it down (laughs) and then go back to sleep (laughs) yeah yeah i know that (laughs) when you can't fall asleep because there's this thing going on in your head yeah yeah you write in german mostly right yeah true that yeah have you ever written an English slam? Oh, are the, the, the poetry slams here in Vienna mostly German language poetry slams? They are, um, but you can go there and, and read text in any language you want, actually. Mm-hmm. It's not a rule that it has to be in, in German, but most of the people write in German. Okay. Actually, there is this, um, there is the poetry slam at Brunnen Passage, mm-hmm. um, Textstrom, and they actually want to kind of encourage people to write in other languages because you get an extra point if it's in another language <laughs> or if you switch from one language to the other. That's cool. I've actually once been to a poetry slam where one participant had the same text three times in three different languages, <laughs> once in Turkish, once in Vorarlbergian dialect and once really? in, in German. <laughs> That's really, that was really funny. And he did it the third time, saying, okay, and because no one got the first two times, now you get it in German. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That was really clever. He, he won. Yeah. That one, yeah. Uh, and do you have a preference for languages? Do you prefer writing in German or in English? I do prefer to write in German because I just feel so much more confident with German. As you can maybe hear, like, I probably made tons of mistakes no. since no, you didn't. started um i just feel more confident with german um since it's my mother tongue how about turkish have you ever written something in turkish um or kurdish uh unfortunately i can't speak kurdish okay. um, um but in turkish i wrote something uh unconsciously <laughs> <laughs> uh like uh, like us put it this way like the first time i was uh in Encountered with the term poetry slam was when I was 16 and, and I took part in this acting workshop. And mm-hmm. um, at the end of this workshop, we had this big performance, uh, which was pieced together by in the, our individual performances. And I wrote a, a poem or a text about uh, Istanbul and my love for Istanbul. And I switched from German to Turkish and then back to German and then back to Turkish as I performed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my, my teacher was like, oh, you should do poetry slam. And I was like, what the hell is poetry slam? <laughs> <laughs> and back then I was 16. And so when, when she went home, she sent me some, a few links and I watched a few, um, videos, uh, online, but that, that was it. And like poetry slam was just in the back of my mind for many years. Um, so yeah, I wrote one text in like half of it is in Turkish. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on doing it again? I am, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't have the time, unfortunately. Like, I have, as I said, so many ideas for my next text in my head. And they're all, like, for German texts. So I need to sit down and write them first in order to feel relieved. And then maybe I can Mm -hmm. go on to Turkish texts. And I think it would make my family very happy because... Mm -hmm. uh, my mom is always asking, like, what are you writing? What are you writing? And I have to kind of translate it to her because the German is not that good. And also my family in Turkey, 
now that they heard that I'm doing poetry slam and so on, they they want to know what I'm writing about, and it's just really <laughs> exhausting to mm-hmm. translate it. So mm-hmm. if I would write in Turkish right away, it would just take away lots of work for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. It seems like you do quite a lot of things. How do you manage to do all of these things? Poetry slamming, studying. It seems like quite a lot. <laughs> That's such a good question. I don't know. Like I'm, right now, I'm also very stressed because but that, that was uh, always like it was always like that also in back in school I did so many things and also my teachers were like how you how you fit all of this uh into your life and also like I did so many things in school you know they write it on your um techness mm-hmm And I did so many things; it didn't even fit on it anymore. <laughs> My teacher was like, "Yeah, we have a problem here." <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if you're used to stress, you kind of learn how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And now we took even more of your time away by having you on the podcast. No, no, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you again. I think we should tell the audience how. Um, good you are at poetry slamming by slipping in the fact that you've been invited to the championship. Yeah, I just got a um, message last week uh, that they want me to nominate that they want to nominate me for the uh, VN Slam, like the championship in Vienna, Lower Austria, and Bungland. <laughs> and awesome, so that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they they told me that I should write them my full name and my stage name and. My email address, and they will return to me. They did not yet, but I guess <laughs> they will soon, hopefully. So that was really exciting because I thought it's a U20 slam for mm-hmm. Vienna, Lower Austria, and Bungland. It turns out it's not. Like I'm really gonna compete uh, against people of all age groups, <laughs> and I've never been to a championship. So, so let's see how this is gonna be. Cool. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you very much. So you have a stage name. Uh, it's actually just my my f- f- first names okay. like Elif Duigo. Okay. So without the last name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shall we go to the poem then? Yes. You're going to read us uh, a poem, a uh, long like a slam poem. Yeah, let's just call it text. I would okay. say like the things you write for poetry slams are text because it doesn't always have to rhyme and so mm-hmm. on and yeah. Okay. So it's in German. That's for all everyone right. who's listening. And I kind of, yeah, I mean, I, as I said, I fell in love, and this was a nice text to kind of um, process uh, everything that was still going inside of me, and to kind of think back and think to myself, okay, why was I so acting so silly and couldn't be myself in front of that person Mm -hmm. and always try to act cool and turns out it's just basically hormones in your body (laughs) and yeah (laughs) so okay um the text is called uh, verliebt sein Parisiken und Nebenwirkungen fragen sie Hirn aber vor allem Herz Lesen Sie die gesamte Packungsbeilage sorgfältig durch, bevor Sie mit der Einnahme von Verliebtsein beginnen, denn sie enthält wichtige Informationen. Heben Sie die Packungsbeilage auf, vielleicht möchten Sie diese später nochmal lesen. Verliebtsein wurde Ihnen persönlich verschrieben. An erster Stelle kommt Selbstliebe, also lieben Sie als erstes sich selber und widmen Sie sich danach Ihrem Schwarm. Wenn Sie in keiner offenen Beziehung sind, geben Sie Liebe nicht an Dritter weiter, auch wenn es verführerisch sein kann. Erstens. 
Was ist Verliebtsein und wofür wird es angewendet? Das Verliebtsein ist im Grunde genommen ein einfaches Hormoncocktail. Dieser besteht aus Oxytocin, Dopamin, Serotonin und Adrenalin. Oxytocin, auch bekannt als das Bindungshormon, ist für die Wärme und Zuneigung zweier Menschen zuständig. Dopamin, bekannt als das Glückshormon, wird ausgeschüttet zur Euphorie und einer Art Rauschgefühl beim Menschen. Es ist das Hormon, das zum unwillkürlichen fetten Grinsen im Gesicht beiträgt, mit dem Frischverliebte durch die Gegend taumeln. Es ist auch das Hormon, das die Sicht ganz allein auf den Schwarm richtet und alles andere rundherum ausblendet. Ein normaler Serotoninspiegel ist wichtig für die innere Ruhe. Bei verliebten Menschen sinkt der Serotoninspiegel ab. Dies führt dazu, dass verliebte Menschen psychisch kranken Menschen ähneln. Sie haben keinen blassen Schimmer, wie sie sich in der Gegenwart ihres Schwarms verhalten sollen, sind nicht mehr sie selbst und können leider auch nichts dagegen tun. Adrenalin ist das Hormon, welches das Herz zum Hypozentrum eines Erdbebens verwandelt, somit alle Gliedmaßen zum Zittern bringt, wenn ihr Schwarm an ihnen vorbeigeht und die Knie im Pudding verwandelt. Zweitens, was sollten Sie vor der Einnahme von Verliebtsein beachten? An dieser Stelle ist eine Sache sehr wichtig, Selbstliebe. Denn wenn Sie sich selber nicht voll und ganz lieben, wie soll das wer anderer tun? Wenn die Selbstliebe vorhanden ist, können Sie sich ohne Sorgen in die Liebe reinstürzen. Drittens, wie ist Verliebtsein einzunehmen? Nehmen Sie Verliebtsein immer nach Gefühl ein. Fragen Sie Hirn, aber vor allem Herz nach, wenn Sie nicht sicher sind. Verliebtsein kann unabhängig zu Mahlzeiten eingenommen werden, da der Magen sowieso mit Schmetterlingen gefüllt ist. Viertens. Welche Nebenwirkungen sind möglich? Verliebtsein kann Nebenwirkungen verursachen, die aber nicht bei jedem auftreten müssen. Sehr häufig. Schlaflosigkeit. Kribbeln im Bauch beim Anblick Ihres Schwarms. Das Oh mein Gott, mein Herz lässt einen Schlag aus Zentrum, wenn Sie ein SMS von Ihrem Schwarm erhalten. Und Ihr Herz bleibt doch kurz stehen. Aber danach steckt es wieder weiter, keine Sorge. Aha-Erlebnisse. Alle Liebeslieder, die Sie schon seit Jahren kennen und hören, könnten auf einmal Sinn ergeben. Dauergrinser. Ein fetter Grinser im Gesicht, egal was komme. Essverbot in der U-Bahn. Fetter Grinser, obwohl das überhaupt nicht lustig ist. Wenden Sie sich umgehend an eine Vertrauensperson, wenn Sie das Bedürfnis verspüren, wie im Lied Girl Crush von Little Big Town sich im Parfüm Ihres Schwarms zu ertränken. Das ist irgendwie süß, aber irgendwie sind das auch Suizidgedanken. Wenden Sie sich umgehend an eine Vertrauensperson, wenn Sie genug von Männern oder Frauen haben und deshalb das Bedürfnis verspüren, einem Kloster beizutreten. Das wollen Sie nicht wirklich, zumindest nicht aus diesen Gründen. Wenden Sie sich umgehend an eine Vertrauensperson, wenn Sie versuchen, vor Ihrem Schwarm voll cool zu wirken. Das brauchen Sie nicht. Sie sind cool. Fünftens, wie ist Verliebtsein aufzubewahren? Bewahren Sie Verliebtsein für Kinder unzugänglich auf. Sie dürfen Verliebtsein nach dem Verfalldatum nicht mehr verwenden. Das Verfalldatum bezieht sich auf den Tag, wo Sie merken, dass dies eine Liebe ist, die nicht erwidert wird. In diesem Fall wird empfohlen, loszulassen, auch wenn es echt schwierig ist und am Anfang wehtut. Doch es macht keinen Sinn, ein ganzes Leben lang einer Person hinterherzulaufen oder auf diese zu warten. Es gibt auf dieser Welt nicht nur die eine Person, sondern sieben Milliarden weitere. Diese Packungsbeilage verspricht ihnen, dass sie eines Tages jemanden finden werden, der oder die sich am liebsten in ihrem Parfüm ertränken würde. Sechstens. Inhalt der Verpackung und weitere Informationen. Diese Packungsbeilage Ort zu schenken, erfolgt auf eigenes Risiko, denn diese Packungsbeilage wurde von einer Poetin verfasst, die von der Liebe einen kleinen Schubs aus dem Closet drauf auf die Poetry Slam Bühne bekommen hat, die extrem wählerisch ist, aber dann doch ein Talent dafür hat, sich in die falschen Leute zu verlieben, die um ehrlich zu sein Angst hat, sich wieder zu verlieben. Angst davor, dass ihr Herz wieder zerbrechen wird in Scherben und eigentlich Angst davor, wieder verletzt zu werden. That was very nice and funny. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, like I, I try to be funny and then again kind of show people that I'm vulnerable and mm -hmm. then make them think at the end of the text. 
yeah good strategy i really like that it's funny because i think there are hardly any funny love texts out there usually they are very weepy or kind of sad so i think it's really original that you have a funny one thank you very much would you like to tell us a bit more about how that situation was exactly with that poetry slam how uh the girl you were into made you do poetry slamming oh she didn't really do much she just existed basically <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know as i said uh that was the first time i fell in love with a girl and i mean being in love itself is overwhelming enough and then the fact that it was a girl i mean it's it's completely normal but uh never happened to me um and i just wanted to get it out of me and kind of process all of the emotions that were going inside of me and share it with people. Uh-huh. And um, it was actually very nice. Like every, like a lot of times when I performed my outing text and I've almost uh, performed it all across Austria now. <laughs> um, and I'm going to keep continuing until like every I've performed it in every city in Austria. <laughs> um, people came up to me after that, and usually it was it were young girls, and they said like, "Thank you for saying that out loud." And I'm like in the exact same situation right now, and I don't know how to handle it, and that they really liked it. So that was really really nice that people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. The poem is quite difficult from what we usually have here as poems on the text, on the podcast. Uh, what would you say are the differences between a slam poem and, uh, in air quotes, normal poem? Um, I think like this, these normal poems are really just there to be written down and read by the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a poetry slam text is there to be performed. So you really think about the audience. You really think about like, how am I going to say this part and that part? And people will never see your text. They will just hear how you perform it. So you don't even have to, uh, care about like if, if the punctuation you have on your, in your text is correct or not. Cause like you're the one who has, who has the sentences in, 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 in your mind and you're gonna say it out loud so it's like really in your hands how you're gonna perform it and uh with writing it's again different yeah. i remember like when i read my poems at the universe meetings you were like you, both times you said like i read this before and i really didn't know how I, how i should you mm-hmm. know set the rhythm and so on and now that you read it out loud it makes so much sense it kind of shows me that i'm like already thinking like a poetry slammer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah i really i really like this because now i i i I remembered a um paper i wrote for university like back when i was still studying (laughs) (laughs) um and it was very interesting it was about um bob dylan essentially Mm -hmm. and the question if what he does, like if songs can be considered literature or not, and what the difference is between a poem and a song. And then I found out that originally every poem was called like 
lyrics of a song are called lyrics because back in the Middle Ages, uh, I guess, I'm sitting in front of a historian, so <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> um, poems were essentially sung to the sound of a lyre, like the instrument, mm -hmm. which is why they were called lyrics later on. So basically, Poetry Slam, I guess, goes back to the original way of performing poetry, which yeah. is so interesting because the way we think about poetry now is just you write a poem and that's it. Basically, maybe you read it out, but you just read it the way it is and there's no performance. But I guess Poetry Slam goes back to that original idea where people had music and they performed their texts. Mm -hmm. So actually it's Even though we think it's a very new development, I guess actually it's a very old development that yeah. has a revival. <laughs> I love the whole poetry slam thing because I don't know, it's great to have poetry be shared. Yeah, and I agree. Have it be a, a thing that people do together and not just alone in their room on the couch. Yeah, true. So how does it feel standing up there on the stage in front of so many people? How did it feel the first time? And how did, is it still as exciting as it was the first time? Uh, sitting in front of people and talking or entertaining them is really fun for me. And it was something I always enjoyed doing. Actually, I also hosted lots of events in school. And I took part in a speech competition when I was in 12th grade. And... I even held a speech in, in Rathaus in front of 400 people. <laughs> so I, I was never really shy when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of missed that. And I realized when I had my first poetry slam that I really need this actually. I, I, I just enjoyed to stand in front of people and entertain them. And so it felt really good and mm -hmm. it still feels good. <laughs> and yeah, it's always fun to be on stage. So you're you're not uh, not nervous. I am. I'm um, nervous when I have a new text. Mm -hmm. For example, I the text I've uh, read before. I just performed that once at, mm -hmm. at a poetry slam, and I actually finished it on the day mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I performed it. So not like my first. Um, um, time I was on stage where I prepared like for like two weeks or something like mm -hmm. that so on that day I was really nervous because I didn't really know if the audience would like it I didn't really know if they would laugh at the places where I actually wanted them to laugh <laughs> but they did and they also <laughs> laughed at places where I didn't expect them to laugh but that was nice so I would say I'm nervous when I'm performing new texts and yeah let's see how it's going to be at the championships <laughs> yeah Are you going to write new texts for that? Uh, no, I can I can use the ones I already have. Like so, okay, for cool. now, I have about four texts, like four poetry slam texts. Mm -hmm. Do you have any a favorite experience from poetry slamming? A best memory, like what, like when you do your Patronus? My Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like and like every time, like I have. In almost all of my texts, a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> <laughs> and I always see people giggling in, in the audience and smiling because like we're all from the same generation. Um, but yeah, as I said before, I think like the most beautiful experiences I had are just when people come up to you after the performance and say that it really touched them and 
like thank you for saying this out loud and and where I, where can I find your text and I'm like I'm sorry like you, you just hear them live for now <laughs> and they're nowhere to find and yeah it's just like really the people mm-hmm. okay yeah that's I think that goes back to to what we said before about um, poetry slamming being this thing that Sharing. people share and mm. then also I think yeah the interaction with people is the best thing about it yeah shall we go to the other poem because you brought another poem right okay so um this poem is called your name and this was actually um really i just wanted this to be a poem that i write down and then it stays there but i kind of translated it into german and add some bits and pieces to it and now it's also a poetry slam text Mm -hmm. in german (laughs) But the English version is just, it was my first poem in English. And the English version is just really for people to read. And it's also going to be an anthology, which Mm, is quite exciting. Yes, people, there is a second (laughs) anthology coming. It's going to be published in June. (laughs) (laughs) Werbung. Okay, so the poem is called Your Name, and it has two parts. So, Your Name, part one. Your Name is the most elegant way of putting letters next to each other. It is the perfect mixture of vowels and consonants. Your name is the most beautiful reason for opening my mouth and making sounds come out of it. Still, I'm sometimes too scared to say it out loud because I fear that if your name leaves my mouth, maybe you do too. It makes my heart beat faster whenever I hear it or meet someone who has the same name as you. The moment you told me your name is the happy memory that I think of when I want to cast a Patronus charm. You've got a really pretty name. A linguist confessing love. Part 2. There was a time when I thought that your name was the most elegant way of putting letters next to each other. I thought it was a perfect mixture of vowels and consonants. There was a time when I thought that your name was the most beautiful reason for opening my mouth and making sounds come out of it. But sometimes I was too scared to say it out loud because I feared that if your name left my mouth, maybe you would too. It made my heart beat faster whenever I heard it or met someone who had the same name as you. The moment you told me your name was the happy memory that I thought of when I wanted to cast the Patronus charm. But it's not anymore. And I know the day will come again when I'll find a name that enchants me just like yours did. A linguist moving on. Yeah. Yay, thanks for that. Thank you so much. I noticed something about this poem that I find very interesting. Okay. Um, in the second part, there's this very long build-up, like story-wise. You have four stances, I think, where you repeat essentially everything from part one. Yeah. And then after that, there's just one sentence, but it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. It tells you the whole story. Yeah. And I find that very great that you have like stanza and stanza and stanza and you're like, yeah, I want to know what's happening. Like uh-huh. this, you're building up too much tension. I I, I want to know what happens. And then it's just one sentence and there's kind of like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's <laughs> wrote down the question of asking whether this is a, a love poem still, or is it a heartbreak poem or a moving on poem? I mean, part one is definitely a love poem, and um, the second part is like a moving on. Let's call it a moving on poem. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think when I wrote that, uh, I was definitely not in part two yet. I think I'm there now, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but I think like, like language creates reality. So if you write it down, <laughs> yeah. you, you <laughs> eventually, write it into being. Yeah, you eventually get there. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, one more thing about this that I was wondering if that uh, a linguist confessing love and a linguist moving on, mm -hmm. if that has a certain meaning for you? Um, no, I just be, it was just because like I was inspired by our ISIL one and two lectures, <laughs> <laughs> like the thing with vowels and consonants and and sounds, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to try that linguists actually can also be romantic and <laughs> <laughs> write romantic stuff but in their own way and yeah that's why i used the word linguist at the end because of all of the terms before okay yeah. cool <laughs> yeah. that's a very creative way of um including your your sometimes very dry linguistic studies into into yeah, texts yeah. you're right <laughs> thank you yeah it's more than i've ever used them for <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean they they must be good for something i guess the harry potter references as always Top. on point thank you very much yeah <laughs> you could maybe tell our listeners um If there's any poetry slams that you're going to be at in the near future where they could see you, since you're not online anywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram and there I post uh, in my stories if I have any upcoming poetry oh, okay. slams. Then you could give us your Instagram handle. Um, at elif d2906. Now everybody knows where my birthday is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and... In the near future, like, there are no uh, podiums where I've been invited to. So, like, maybe I'll go spontaneously so to some podiums where there's an open list. Mm -hmm. um, might I might be um, at a podium at the beginning of April, but they have to draw the names first. So I'm going to get uh, information about <laughs> that soon, I, I think. And... Other than that, um, if I really get the email back for the championships where it says like you're officially nominated and it's really happening, it was not a joke, <laughs> <laughs> then you can hear me on the 10th of April. And if it goes well on the 11th at the final. Where is that taking place? Somewhere in the first district. <laughs> okay, know. so in Vienna. In Vienna, So yeah. people wouldn't have to travel no. to see you? No. Okay. I no. mean... I guess hardcore fans would do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the groupies. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's, apart from Instagram, there's no place where you're present online. Not for now, but as I said, like after my performances, people came up to me and are like, like, where can I find this text? I really want to listen to it again. Can I find it on the internet? I'm like, ah, no. Uh, unfortunately not. So, but maybe I'll just open up a YouTube channel and put the, put some videos online that my friends have filmed. I mean, it's not such a great quality, but still people would find it online there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know the 
I mean, yeah, obviously, if you're in the scene, probably button poetry mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. That's that that's be... like the dream, like having a video <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Charlotte, would you remind the listeners of where they can find you online? Um, no. My, my blog is on a hiatus since okay. a long time. So I don't, I mean, they can read old stuff, but there's nothing new coming. Okay. So I guess it's not, I don't need to remind them. Do you have a YouTube channel? <laughs> Why would I have a YouTube channel? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you do. Let's I mean, place. I don't. I don't have a YouTube channel. But what I do is I frequently um, create YouTube playlists to certain different topics, ah, and that is so much fun, and I love it a lot. <laughs> and you can find them if you type in uh, Penelope Huber because that's my uh, internet name that I use <laughs> and if you type that into YouTube with playlists then you will find my seven playlists that I created and I hope you have fun <laughs> <laughs> okay you can always find me on Twitter at Leo Engelmeyer this was episode 26 of the universe podcast if you enjoyed it and would like to hear more of us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe Podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review to tell us what you think and help other people find the podcast. And tell all your friends about it. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter, we're at PodUniverse, on Facebook, or on our email address, podcast at universe.univ.org This podcast was edited and hosted by Leonhard Engelmeyer. The co-host was Charlotte Zerz. Our guest of this episode was Elif Duygo-Sahan. The editorial board for this episode was also Charlotte Zerz. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thanks for listening. That's it.